The Midwest Film Nerds Podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I am Tim. I'm Willie. And I'm Nick. Today we are going to do an interview with the director and producer of a short called Bingo Night that will be at the Wisconsin Film Festival this Saturday, uh, April 5th. Uh, More details on our website, go to MidwestFilmers.com. I'll also say it in the upcoming segment. But then after that, we're going to do a full review of Darren Aronofsky's Noah. Uh, Before we go on... Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of our show, of the movie that, we, or of the things that we talk about, uh, of us as people, <laughs> or not. Review um, us. Yeah, review us. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That's also very helpful to us. Uh, on MidwestFilmNerds.com, you'll have access to all of our uh, past episodes, not just the most recent 30, as is true of anybody that is taking our RSS feed. And um, we also have full show notes for every episode, so you can skip past the nerd drivel or the spoiler section or anything that you don't want to hear. Um, But yeah, other than that, I think we're going to hop right into this interview. Uh, I conducted it solo, so all of you guys are going to disappear momentarily. Bye! And then when we come back for our review of Noah... We'll all magically be here again. We will, we will be raptured up in the heavens. <laughs> we'll get raptured. Yes. Temporarily raptured. Yes, and then we will be cast out as soon as we get there. <laughs> all right, so please enjoy this, uh, this interview, and we'll be right back. <laughs> all right, everybody, this is Alex. Today I've got a couple special guests with me. This is Jordan Leibowitz and Ryan Hurley, uh, director and producer of the short Bingo Night. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, so, just to say, you guys have a short called Bingo Night that's going to be at the Wisconsin Film Festival on Saturday, April 5th. Uh, if anybody wants to look up more information, I'll have some links on our website, MidwestFilmNerds.com. Or you can also go to 2014.wifilmfest.org for the scheduled tickets and more info on the film festival. Um, so, yeah, I kind of wanted to start off talking a little bit about you guys. I know you guys are both uh, film, school, film school grads, and that's that's where you met. So if you want to go through that a little bit, kind of how you got into film, uh, uh, if you have any sort of uh, influences in, in the film world, any directors or anybody that you really like, that kind of thing. Sure. I guess uh, I'll go first. Um we met uh, probably about four years ago when we started working together, just uh, in Madison, shooting bands, just uh, random things. Anything we really could, uh, anything anyone would let us shoot, actually, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we kind of made our way doing that and developed a good uh, a good resume. And over time, we found ourselves uh, out here in L.A., uh, yeah. yeah. All right. That's cool. Um, so, so did you guys, when you started shooting things, were you in like high school? How old were you? What were you doing? Uh, I started shooting in college. Uh, that's when I fr- first took my, uh, well, the first like intro to TV or film class, you know. Okay. Um, so I probably didn't touch a camera until I was in 23 or so. All right. Um, um, what, was, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I was going to say it's about the same for me. Um, I mean, you know, I screwed around a little with cameras when I was a kid, but nothing serious. And then at one point in college, just picked up a camera and I kind of clicked. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. That's cool. Um, so I don't know if you want to, if you want to give me like a, a little synopsis of Bingo Night that we can kind of, uh, get, let people know what, what the short is about. Sure. Uh, Bingo Night is the story of an elderly woman named Ethel who can no longer pay for her cushy retirement home, and rather than go and live in public housing, she opts to get two of her friends to help her rob the local bingo hall, Uh, and all the chaos that ensues. (laughs) Yeah, so I noticed that it's, it's, you know, kind of got that comedic, kind of somewhat, a little bit dark, kind of a little bit off-kilter kind of sense of humor to it. Is that something that you guys were kind of drawn to? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm particularly uh, kind of into that weird stuff. And, um, so, you know, something like a unique storyline like that, you just, like, you have to see it. You know, you have, like, that when Jordan gave me the script, uh, you know, and I, I saw old people robbing a bingo hall, I, I was like, you know, I have to see this. 
on camera, I have to see this, like, really happen. <laughs> it sounds kind of, like, just ridiculous and absurd. Yeah, so um, you guys got a, a pretty good cast here, some people that have had some some good credits going on. You have uh, Lynn Stewart, who's been in Bridesmaids, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We got Mindy Sterling from Austin Powers and Legit, and then uh, Brenda Pickleman from Groundhog Day and U.S. Marshals. How, how did you get in contact with these people? Uh, well, we, we, we kind of lucked out. Um, I had, I met Lynn Stewart on a shoot that I was doing at the Groundlings Theater, which is, a like, an improv theater here in yeah. uh, Los Angeles. Um, and, you know, during the interview, she just, like, had such a great way of telling a story um, that I, I thought, like, was really sincere, and she, like, well, um, she was very charismatic. And, uh, you know, I, I just, like, after reading Jordan's script, I felt like she would be, uh, like, the perfect Ethel. Um, and, and we, like, I, you know, went home and, uh, <laughs> I, like, called Jordan and... Uh, told him to come over and, like, watch this footage. Um, and, you know, within, like, I think 10 minutes, he'd probably seen enough. And, and we, like, sent out an email to her, her manager and, and got the ball rolling on that. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, so, Jordan, you, you wrote and directed this, correct? Yes. Yes, I did. So what was kind of the uh, – how, how did this idea come up in your mind? What, what led you to Bingo Night? You know, honestly, I wish I had a better story. <laughs> Um, but really what happened was, is, uh, Ryan and I were both working in LA and we both kind of felt that we wanted to be doing some of our own work. So we just decided we were just going to start writing things and we would give each other like these little deadlines and we would basically be like, you got to write a short by X day and it doesn't even matter if it's any good. Um, and like the fifth deadline I had with Ryan, I was just like, I had put it off and I had like three hours and it's like, I have to come up with a short and I don't even care if it's good. And this idea just pops in my head. It's like, well, what if some old ladies robbed a bingo hall? You could call it bingo night. <laughs> and like, I immediately just ran home and, uh, I called Ryan. I was like, I'm going to need a couple extra hours. Um, and I just sat down and I typed out a, a very, very rough draft. Um, that was about half the length that the script is now. And... Sent it over to Ryan, and his immediate response was, this is good, we should do something with this. Yeah, I think it's interesting how often, you know, the, the being under duress makes you the most creative. I was one of those people in high school, I kind of felt like, you know, last minute I'm going to have to write this paper, and it's going to be genius because it has to be genius. So, I I understand where you're coming from with the last minute, you know, trying to put something together. <clears throat> um. So, did you guys kind of look to any movies for inspiration while you were making Bingo Night? Did you have anything where you're like, well, we're kind of going for this look and we want this kind of editing? Did you did you have anything like that as like a, a guideline? Or was it that well thought out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, one thing that I think gave us the, the confidence that we could pull this off, just in terms of like the action sequences in the bingo hall, was we had previously uh, shot a music video that Ryan directed um, for Icarus himself, which is a they're Madison based, right? Yeah, Madison, based. which is a Madison based band where it actually is a music video where it's a like a couple robbing uh, a wedding. Okay, uh, and so we kind of like broached this territory before, but and it, it worked out very well, I'd say. But I think uh, we kind of wanted to go further with it here. So I think like that was kind of just uh, like something for us to lean on as like a backup if we were ever in a corner. I guess that's not really the answer you're looking for. Don't <laughs> work. Um, I don't know. We watch a lot of movies, so it's hard to say like what influences us and what, what doesn't. Um, I know like at the time, uh, I think spring breakers had come out and yeah. I was really okay. in love with that film. Um, and it's a totally different movie, so I can't even like point at that as a reference, but, um, well, yeah, I guess I, like we just we just like the the script was so good, like the imagery in the script was so good that like it was really easy to see it and um and and see how we would put it together, and we didn't really have to like borrow too much from anything. I would think. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd say maybe if I was to, to throw someone like in tone that I'd say like I would say we were aspiring to do something similar. Is if you look at kind of like 
the humor in like the Coen Brothers movies. Okay. It's kind of like this dark sensibility, very serious situations, but you can watch it with kind of this sense of maybe not laugh out loud funny, but just even amusement at points. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I did get a chance to watch the, the short before uh, interviewing you guys, and I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, so do you guys have any sort of... Are you, are you planning on getting this out there after the film festival at all? For, for I, Some of our audience is you know, in the Midwestern area, but we also have many people that are uh, uh, among the other countries of the world. So is there any way that anybody else will be able to see it as of yet? Um, beyond festivals? Yeah. Um, we haven't made a specific plan as of yet. I know we're going to be giving out DVDs and Blu-rays to uh, our Kickstarter backers. And uh, hopefully at some point it will be available online, but that will be probably down the road after our, our festival run is over. Okay. Um, I, didn't, I didn't realize that you guys had done this through Kickstarter, so can you talk a little bit about that process? How, uh, how, how was it, uh, you know, going out there and asking for money and, and being like, okay, has, have you been able to... Uh, has it been a challenge coordinating all the re- the rewards and things like that? I know that's something that a lot of people have trouble with when they're going with the Kickstarter. Well, uh, you know, part of the, the Kickstarter thing that we did a little differently than some projects you see is that we already had shot the film um, before we went to Kickstarter. So, um, we, you know, like it wasn't as much of a risk for our backers. Okay. Um, you know, so we were really just looking for um, post-production funds, you know, the editing and... Um, all the festival submissions and I, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of work that goes into a movie after it's shot. Yes. Um, you know, we, we set a goal of 15,000 and we were really fortunate to have a lot of people who were excited about the movie and like wanted to be a part of, you know, this process. Um, as far as the rewards go, you know, like that's something we're putting together. We're going to be delivering those in May. Okay. Um, you know, it hasn't been really too too difficult. We, I think we have some pretty good rewards, and we have good people doing the um, doing the work for us. So I'm kind of excited to see how they all turn out. I think it's going to be pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, I've checked out a few. I've seen things like uh, uh, Indie Game, the movie, and uh, there was another film called Lust for Love. And um, obviously the big one's Veronica Mars. I haven't been able to go out and see how that turned out yet, but I... I like the idea, especially like Indie Game, the movie. I don't know. Have you guys seen that yet? Yeah, I have. I think that was such a pristine product to be able to put that together and get it out to people using Kickstarter. I'm, I'm, it makes me happy that Kickstarter existed so that people like you and, and the guys at Indie Game are able to realize their vision and get it out there. So, Yeah, it's it's definitely like something that like we kind of need right now to, like, to have. Like, there's so many people like us out there who might have like ideas and things that they want to do and, um, and they can follow through and they can like create good product. But, um, you know, like it's just like, we're not like living in a world where the studios are funding guys like us. Yeah. It's hard to come by the money. And there's, uh, it's just the, I think it's the way to go now. Yeah. I think, I think it affords the filmmaker a lot more creative, uh, creative license. You know, you don't have any, any shareholders breathing down your neck or any producers that are up there like, oh, you know, that's this, true. this isn't going to make us money if you have a woman protagonist who's uh, older in age, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, cut out the middleman. You, you connect directly with your audience. That is very, that, that, I think that's, it's interesting. I'm glad that we're kind of seeing this weird, uh, there's a wide variety of things. There's people like you that are out there doing shorts, and then there's other people that are doing, you know, bigger productions, and then there's the huge things like Zach Braff and Veronica Mars sure. out there. So, um, so I also see here that you have uh, another short that's in pre-production called "I Think I Killed Bigfoot." Can you guys go into that at all? Um, we're very early in pre-production on that, but the, it's basically uh, we want to do something a little different, so it's more of like a horror comedy basic premise is that a guy hits Bigfoot with his car, <laughs> brings it to the local vet, and then Bigfoot wakes up and he's pissed off. All right. That sounds pretty great. <laughs> Things get hairy. <laughs> well done. Um, all right. So, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Anything uh, that you want to get out there? Anything you want to say before you're, 
your movie premiere or your short premieres at the uh, film festival? Come see it. Yeah, we're we are we're yeah. really excited to. I mean, there's been a lot of support in Madison. Um, so we're really excited to see everybody, and um, it'll be the first time that we'll get to see the crew again in a while. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great time, and, and um, you know, it'll be nice going back to Madison. It's a, it's a place that's fond in our hearts. A little bit of a homecoming for you guys. Definitely. All right, so uh, Bingo Night's going to screen on Saturday, April 5th at 6.15 p.m. in the UW Elvahem building. Did I say that correctly? Who knows? <laughs> it's located at 432 East Campus Mall in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, so I, I know we got some listeners out there in, in uh, Wisconsin. I hope they can make it out to see your short. Um, but yeah, uh, I it's gr- it's been great talking to you guys. I yeah, hope uh, uh, I hope next time. Is, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, keep uh, going. If, if there's anybody who hears this and you're uh, you know interested in seeing the film, we are doing other festivals right now, and you can check out our Facebook page or website if you're looking for where else we will be screening. Very cool, very cool. Definitely encourage them to check that out. I will link to your Facebook and other things on our uh, website at midwestfilmnerds.com if they want to go from there. But uh, thank you guys, Jordan and Ryan. Thank you for for coming on here to talk. I hope maybe at some point we can have you back as like a guest on a normal episode if you want to talk about a movie that you saw or, uh, you know, next time you guys have something coming out, you can come back on and talk with us about it a little bit. Absolutely. We'd definitely love to. Quick, quick question. Yeah. Uh, and you guys reviewed Noah this week. What'd you think? Uh, I, uh, we have not seen it yet. That's the thing. I, I, I know you emailed me today to get this set up. I was like, oh, I got to get this done before eight because I got to go see Noah. So <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. Uh, hopefully, anybody who's listening to this can hear our thoughts on Noah earlier in the episode. So I will give you one spoiler. Okay, it's a flood. <laughs> well. I wish you didn't tell me that because yeah, now you might have to, like, leak that out or something, right? Yeah, I'll I'll have to make sure that uh, that we that we protect our listeners from the spoilers that you just gave. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. We're back. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Please go check out Bingo Night if you're in the Madison area, or check out the film festival in total. This is the Midwest Film Nerds podcast, so. We'd like to promote that kind of thing when it happens. I think there was a Detroit Film Festival that we missed out on that happened in the past week or two. Dwiff? So, d- no, Dwiff? I think that I happens know. in the fall. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think it was at the Detroit Film Theater at the DIA, but I don't remember. So We're bad Midwest film nerds. <laughs> yeah, we'll get better at it at some point. Um, <laughs> 70 episodes You, you know all the noteworthy <laughs> films of the Midwest. <laughs> um... So, yeah, we're going to review Darren Aronofsky's Noah, uh, starring Russell Crowe, uh, Jennifer Connelly, Emma Watson, <clears throat> Logan Lerman, Ray Winstone, Anthony Hopkins, uh, many people, Nick Nolte. That's the only one of the voices I'll give him. Nick Nolte. <laughs> no, also uh, Frank Langella. What? Uh, Langella fame. Oh, okay. I were think you, I know. Were you unaware? And I, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Synopsis here on IMDb, in case you don't know the story, story of Noah's Ark. A man is chosen by God to undertake a momentous mission of rescue before an apocalyptic flood destroys the world. Um, so, Darren Aronofsky, he has reportedly wanted to make this movie since he was 13 years old. Wow. Um, I think he's now a self-professed atheist. Um, and he attempted to tackle the story of Noah, which... I don't know. I'm sure there's many religious people that are like, oh, he's an atheist, so maybe he shouldn't be doing that. But whatever. Anyway, we'll stay away from as many religious arguments as we can here. (laughs) Otherwise, this will be an hour long and I'll drive away all of our fans. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Aronofsky. I've had a pretty limited exposure to him. I think we can get that down to ten minutes. (laughs) Drive all the fans all up. (laughs) With himself. (laughs) Um... I've had pretty limited Aronofsky exposure. I've seen some of The Fountain and all of Black Swan, and I enjoyed Black Swan. But uh, I don't know if we want to go around the circle, Tim. Are you an Aronofsky fan? Yeah. 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 Um, I actually like his post-Requiem stuff better. Okay. Like pie, it's just Pie and Requiem, right? Or his first yeah. two. Yeah. Um, I, I like both of those movies, but I think he's become a better storyteller as he's kind of... Um, as Did he's you? gone on. Yep. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, I've... Um, 
I love the wrestler. Love, love, love the fountain. And then Black Swan, I enjoyed. Yeah, I liked Black Swan. It's not my. It's probably my least favorite of those. But yeah, okay. fan. Uh, Willie Darren Aronofsky. I enjoy his films as well. I I kind of lump him in with so, like, like Fincher and and um, and even Nolan. Nolan came a little bit later, but those guys who really are the next big directors that people want to see. You know what I mean? And Wes Anderson even is another one where they kind of came up around the same time, it feels like. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, they're kind of a newer generation. Yeah, of, of directors, you know. directors. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I like his work a lot. I think he stands out amongst a crowd of director, young directors who are just kind of same old, same old. So, yeah. <clears throat> Nick, Aronofsky thoughts? Thoughts? Um... I like Aronofsky a lot. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> the only one I haven't seen is The Fountain. Okay. Um, which doesn't make a lot of sense, because I've heard about it for, you know, years and years now, that it's so good. So I, I love The Wrestler. I think that's probably my favorite. Mm. Between that and Requiem. Okay. Um, are any of us particularly well-versed in the story of Noah? I read through it last night. Oh, cool. but I'm, I wouldn't... I mean, it... It's a tough story. It's a really short story. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not really... I went to Catholic school okay. for a while. So. so you know everything. <laughs> yeah, so I know everything. I didn't last long there. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, I went to Catholic school as a kid. So I Just as you were cast out of rapture. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have a background. In, okay. And I, I enjoy... I, I said last night, the Old Testament... Yeah. It's a lot of fun for me to read, so. Where it really gets biblical. Oh, some it's light, so good. Some light Sunday reading. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, you're somewhat familiar as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I came from a, a pretty regular church-going family uh, pretty much my whole uh, adolescent life. So, yep, it's definitely one of those staples that okay. you know when you're a little kid. Yeah. It's one of the big ones. Yeah. Noah's one of the big. He's one of the OG. Yeah. High <laughs> yeah. school guys. But the actual story, I mean, it, like like most of them, it's kind of like actual real-world history. Not that that's... Depending on who you are, that, that is or isn't real-world. I'm, not, I'm not, not saying anything here. Just that... Uh, the views of Nick Malvold do not represent the podcast. No. Um, it, it gets... You, you find out, like, a little... When you're a kid, you, like, hear the story, and you're like, oh, that's nice, and you draw, like, with crayons, like Noah and the Ark, and, like, two... Color all the animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you don't really think about the... Implications. Adult yeah. ramifications of it. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, I think it's a really interesting story, and I loved that Aronofsky approached it with such, like, zeal. Okay. I can't wait to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim. What'd you think of Noah? Well, do Willie want to go? Oh, no. well, Willie, do you have any experience with Noah's Ark? Uh... A fleeting. I think I watched like a. I had like cartoon. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I watched version. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I, my my grandmother once bought me like a a VHS collection of like Bible cartoons, and it was one of them, and that was about the most exposure I've had to Noah's Ark. So cool. okay, yeah, it was cool. Right. So Tim, really yeah. Like, sorry for skipping you. No, that's okay. I mostly assumed that like me, you didn't care that much. I should dig out that tape and um, that VHS tape that my grandma bought me and, and do a like a no, do like an audio of it. <laughs> I was That's a good. stack up against Aronofsky's <laughs> right. Exactly. Which is the better of the two Noah's. Noah's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim. Yeah. Noah. Noah. Yeah. Um, I liked this a lot. Uh, and I, as I thought about it more today, I liked it even more. Um, what, this is one of my favorite movies, like, of all time is The Last Temptation of Christ by Scorsese. Like, I love that movie. Like, I I used to watch it, like, every Easter. <laughs> like, I don't know how... Commandments. I don't know how I did it, because Last Temptation of Christ is a deep, like, hard movie to watch. Like, it's... And uh, this was more... I thought this was more in line with that than stuff like The Passion. I don't like The Passion at all. But I, I kind of have... A soft spot for a big, like, I, I like the Ten Commandments, too. Yeah. And I think it's maybe just having an experience in that and um, everything. I, yeah, I kind of like that. And I like that it was more in vain with that. It was a more human story than what some of the other big religious. Kind of less focused on the glory of God and more about the actual. Exactly. It was more about. Struggle with it was, faith. It was more about, yeah, the actual. What I always kind of liked about the Bible was that you could take and interpret the stories in there yeah. to your own, and that's what this did. He interpreted it to it in his own way, and I think that's probably why he was so interested in telling the stories because he throws a lot of stuff in there that I think is really interesting. So, I, yeah, that's that's kind of what I 
what I liked about it a lot. I, there are flaws. There where, are quite a few. Where would you slot it in the Aronofsky? In the Aronofsky? Aronofsky filmography. I'd have to marinate on it a little bit. Okay. But, um, probably behind The Wrestler and behind... Sorry, sorry, Noah. You can't beat, can't beat wrestling. <laughs> can't but, uh, beat Randy the Ram. <laughs> sorry, God. Uh, <laughs> and pro- oh, definitely behind the fountain. Definitely okay. behind the fountain. But okay. yeah, probably around there. All right, now. Willie, Noah. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I didn't know what to expect going into it. Didn't um, know, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I know and, uh, exactly um, the parts Willie loved. Though I can't wait to hear about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I didn't know what to what to expect going into it, and. Because Aronofsky generally doesn't do big budget giant movies, and this is a big. This is his first epic. This is an epic, and so I was very curious to see if some of his signature style and his visuals and his Aronofsky is the master of hauntingly beautiful imagery. It is equal parts horrifying and beautiful at the same time, Mm -hmm. and and adapting the story of Noah is ripe for that. And he does it so perfectly. There are images in this movie that I think will stick with me cinematically for years. And I, that doesn't happen very often. Okay. So that, that's, a, that's a real true testament to this, uh, oh. to this, <laughs> to this film. Um, some of the scenes depicting the, uh, the savagery of people are really, really, really rough to watch, actually. Like, they, they, make, they get under your skin and they stay there. And um, some of the scenes involving the actual flood and... Um, some of the moral choices that are made by no and other characters, they, they really stick with you, I think. And, and that's really cool. Um, yeah. That and, like, I will say everything leading up to the actual flood yeah. in the film, um, I found way more interesting than everything that happens after the flood. Yeah. I, I kind of got... I didn't get bored, but there's, so, there's such a release of... Um, of emotions as the as the climactic flood begins and you're like oh my god like all these story points are starting to hit you know are starting to come together yeah. and then it it hits higher emotional peaks later on in the film than it does earlier on but the the spectacle is kind of gone at that point for me yeah. and um that's okay i just i it, it never quite hit the same mark as it did when i mean seriously like the scenes of like oh god the animals and 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 freaking rock angels was amazing. <laughs> oh my god, it was just so cool. Angels, I don't know. Angels played by the rock. Yes, played by the rock. Yes, played by the rock. But I mean, some of the visuals. Not the heavenly host. Whoever was. Some of the visuals I'll get more into in spoilers, just to avoid any sort of uh, accidentally you okay. know, uh, screwing anything up. But no, it was. Uh, it's it's a beautiful film, and it's. Um, I think it, regardless of whether or not you you are religious or you have a background in that, I think it's an entertaining film. Um, you have to have some interest in, in historical epics and stuff like that, I think. Yeah. Or, um, but, no, it's worth checking out, absolutely. The only other thing I want to say in non-spoilers is Russell Crowe's a little just Russell Crowe in this. I'm not going to lie. Like, I liked his performance. I always enjoy Russell Crowe. But up until maybe the last 20 minutes or so, it mostly just felt like Russell Crowe play, starring in an epic movie. It didn't feel to me like any sort of major... Uh, Transcendence. No, no, no major change in him. Okay. You know, I, I could have easily seen him playing. This could have been Gladiator too, and I would be like, yeah, that's Maximus. Okay, like to me, but I don't know. Nick, um, thoughts on Noah? No thoughts. No thoughts. Yes, I liked it a lot yesterday when we got out of the theater. And I think like Tim, I like it even more today after ruminating on it a little bit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a, there's a term that gets thrown around way too much these days in marketing, and when people say, from visionary director so-and-so, and... From that's, visionary director Brett Ratner. That's, yeah, from exactly. That's from visionary director Wally Pfister. Um, <clears throat> and that, that, that shit gets thrown around way too much, I think. But this, Aronofsky, I think, after seeing this, it really reminds me that I think the term is wholly applicable to him. Like, he is a visionary ass dude like <laughs> it is there's some stuff in this movie like willie said that's gonna stick and not just for haunting things which there are but just for like beautiful like interesting really original things like everything involving eden was very 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 cool and i remember just seeing it going oh wow this is really neat and uh his terrence malick moment towards the end of the movie uh with the story of creation was amazing mm-hmm. probably my favorite part of the movie me too um <clears throat> 
everything with the animals. I mean, there was so much cool stuff in this movie. It was, uh, it was really, really, really phenomenal. I think it was really well acted, uh, just great all around. I think I, I loved the, the first act, and uh, I, I, I loved basically acts one and two. It was really great. But after the flood kind of hits, and there's, there's a whole third act still there on the, on the arc, which I think was really interesting. It was a good idea. And it wasn't bad. I just I kind of liked it a little bit less because it got a little more predictable. It's kind of like, all right, I see where where these two are, where this is going to wind up, and like it, it kind of gets a little more uh, run of the mill. But uh, it's definitely original, very original take on a story that I don't think ever has been filmed before. Has there ever been a Noah besides Evan Almighty? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know of one. I don't think so either. It's not one of the ones that people usually try to Just adapt. Just like cartoons, like Willy. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's one of the ones people ever thought would be adapted because just the technology hasn't really been in place to do it so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there is Waterworld. And somebody... <laughs> that's like that's like a week after this movie. Next day. Um, Dennis Hopper's rolling around on a yeah, boat, yeah, speedboat. Exactly. <laughs> on his huge, like, floating fortress. Yeah. Um, I think it was he was a great choice. It was a great marriage, I think, of subject matter and writer director. Like it, it, it was good. It was much, much better than I thought it would be. I was always really like this was on my dark horses of this year, like of top ten. It's an honorable mention, I guess, uh, of top ten. I was looking forward to, and I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Though I thought it might kind of uh, sink. Mm. Oh, uh, <laughs> wasn't as good as Willie's. Um, <laughs> But I'm really glad that he pulled it off, as far as I think. And it seems like, for the most part, people are really digging on it. It's interesting, this is one of the one of the ones where um, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and usually the, the audience, like, audience usually likes it a little more than the critics. This is one where the critics have outstripped the audience by, like, 20%. Mm-hmm. It's, like, 70, mid-70-something critics like it, and the, the audience, it's, like, in the 50s. The people are pretty damn evenly split on it. This is one movie, though. Uh, congratulations, viewers of Noah. This is the one movie that I started reading about on IMDb's message boards. I was like, I can't even get through page one. Like, just <laughs> the sheer amount of pure stupidity and ignorance flying around it in regards to this movie is... Oh, it's amazing. Oh, why would you... <laughs> it's absolutely... I don't, why would you even tread there? It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, a tri- it's a ritual. When a movie's over, I gotta, I gotta read the trivia, yeah. and then I check out the message board just to kind of get some some thoughts from the oh. from the plebes out there. And it's, I can uh, it's rough. And I couldn't even go on the I Evan mean, Almighty IMDb. Uh, <laughs> no, this, this one, I mean, it's pretty spectacular. We should crack open some beers later. Let's go because it's pretty wild. That's awesome. Oh, okay. Um, I think I probably liked it the least of everybody here. Uh, not to say that it was bad. I thought it was a very well-made movie. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed watching it, but I felt like I was left wanting more. Um, Particularly in the sense of, like, I'll talk about what I love first. I absolutely love the creation, the depiction of the creation, and the whole evolution time-lapse mm-hmm. that kind of occurs. Oh, that's so cool. The idea of, I don't think this is a spoiler, but the idea of the Cain and Abel stoning being overlaid with, like, images of, like, <laughs> past and future wars that is yeah. very, that, that's a very cool idea, and mm-hmm. I, I thought that was amazing. So that was absolutely, like, my favorite, definitely my favorite part of the movie. Um, I think that's it for what I really love. <laughs> um, obviously the script is a little illogical, but that is the fault of the source material, in my opinion. Um, that's, you know, but even on top of that, I think things with like Tubal Cain, like Tubal Cain for me, I think is maybe the worst part of the movie. I think Ray Winstone's character felt like he was put in there as like the, here's the external evil that Noah needs to defeat. And I wish, I really, really wish that they would have focused more on Noah's inner conflict because I feel as though what you get out of him is, bam, Noah's a monster now. Mm-hmm. And I wish that the movie did a better job of being sympathetic to Noah in that later half of the movie than it actually was. I felt like that, to me, would have been more compelling. And I think Tubal Cain was just mostly a... I'm a man, and God made me like him, and I get to have everything that he's given me. And I just, it, I don't even think, and Tubal Cain's not even part of the, the Bible verse in the first place. Like, I just felt like it was an added thing that was just a convention of this is what an epic movie has. And I think this would have put it more in line, like eliminating Tubal Cain would have put it more in line with what I would expect from Aronofsky in the sense of, like, petty, somewhat esoteric 
you have to think about this and the implications of everything. And I think some of that's still there. I think you definitely can think about the struggle that Noah went through. But I wish that it was a little more shown and less implied. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like most of the characters, besides Noah and maybe Ham, were pretty one-dimensional. Uh, a lot of them were just kind of peppered throughout. And maybe, I mean, I, Isla, too. Emma Watson's character was pretty good, but... The rest of them seem very either we need this person here to further the plot for something, but they don't really have any dimension to them, or they're just kind of background filler, especially like everybody who's not on the arc in the end of the movie is just like, here's people. Um, and then finally, I, I feel like an epic like this should have an amazing score. And while I normally love Clint Mansell of... Uh, definitely, maybe Mass Effect Three and Requiem for a Dream fame. I don't feel like every Aronofsky movie. Yeah, I don't feel like anything that he did here necessarily. It didn't hurt the movie at all, but I don't felt like oh, it built man. it up. I loved it. So did I. <laughs> like I remember like pointing this out. I, I but, yeah. yeah. Okay. It got me. It got me in the feels for some reason. Like every time the music swelled, I was like. I'm in this right now. I That's interesting. I felt totally into it. but Typically, know. I'm pretty sensitive to that kind of yeah. thing, and it just didn't happen for me on this one. So I it, I think it's a good movie, but I feel... I don't... I don't. It's not one where I'm like, you need to see this. It's not one where I feel as though... Um, I don't see it being in, the, in everybody's mind as the next awards season approaches, especially seeing how early it is in the year. So, I don't know. I... My, my my feelings are pretty mixed. So, I will. I want to say one thing about the Ray Winstone's character. Um, I I do agree that he um, he inevitably feels kind of one dimensional and kind of just there as a as somebody for Noah to have a physical yeah. altercation, kind of, kind of to put a face to 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 the bad guy, yeah. you know. And um, I would agree with that, but I do think that they. They, I wish they would have explored it maybe a little bit more, but there are there is a moment in the film where you can see more of his motivation for why he's so hell bent on stopping Noah, and um, I'll get more into it in spoilers, so I don't okay. want to say anything. But but there is a moment in the film, and I, I don't I don't think they fully fleshed it out enough. I would have liked to have spent more time with him maybe and his group to see because there have to be decent things about those people. They can't be all you know what I mean. There ha- they they come off as purely evil. You know what I mean, but. I would have liked to have spent more time with him, but I, I will say that I think that they do touch on something that makes him a little more interesting if you want to read into it. I think it's hard on a biblical sense to be like, because clearly God <laughs> has been moved to drown all of these people for a reason. True. So it's hard to make those people sympathetic and to have them really fleshed out. Yeah, it's I guess hard not. not yeah. for them to yeah. just strictly be mustache twirling, sure. I need to kill everything, Sure. take my women, I need some chicken, that kind of thing. <laughs> I need a goat. Any uh, final thoughts before spoiler Terry? No. Let's, no, nobody else does either. No, no, let's get to the spoilers because I just want to ruin this. I have entire a counterpoint. Thing. I want to start bringing up all sorts of stuff you don't talk about in okay. public, so let's okay. do it. Yeah, in polite conversation. <laughs> right, uh, if you don't want to lose faith in God, please do not continue from here on out. No. Find your faith in me, listeners. <laughs> the voice of God. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> Find your faith in me. All right, here we are in Spoiler Terry. Tim. Yeah. You want to ruin some faith? No, no. I don't want to ruin any faith. No, no, no. In fact, I think I might... Um, stick up for the church a little in this. So. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> no, no. Are you want to no. talk about how there are no rock monsters in the uh, Bible? You gotta look up that picture of Nick. Type, see if you can find Nick Nolte. <laughs> see if you can, because there is no God so, Okay, real picture. quick, real quick. Uh, uh, Franklin Gell is one of the rock. Yes. yes. Is he the good one or the bad one? He's the good one. He's the good one. Awesome, because that, whoever, I was, I, was, I literally. sure? Because I read the opposite. You read the opposite? He's the old white one. And then Nolte is actually the good oh, one. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, that makes a little more sense. Okay, well, then goes the crusty sense. old. Okay, the mean one. The mean one. At first. The one that's real pale white. Yes. The one who, who bites it initially and is like, ah! Okay. <laughs> I think that's Lingellis. Well, totally. I mean, he turned to a sun god again, so. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Yeah, here's what I wanted to get into. Full circle. Is there's a ton 
Like, there's a ton of politics in this movie. Okay. Like, and that's where I wanted to stick up with Ray Winstone, like, stick up for Ray Winstone's character a little bit. The one-dimensional thing didn't bother me so much because I took it more as, like, a Sunday school story anyway. Yeah. So, I, I, it didn't, I see what you're saying, you're totally right, but it just didn't, it didn't bug me that much. Okay. Um, the Winstone character, I mean, Noah's a hippie. Throughout like the early part of this movie, like a total, he's a pacifist. He doesn't, believe, he's like, a, he doesn't believe in eating meat or hunting. Yeah. Like that's kind of what he is. And you won't pick the flowers out of the no, <laughs> put that back, <laughs> fucking kid. <laughs> and so like, but he still knows like ninja moves. Exactly. He did, yeah. He did, he did put the whooping on several guys. It was a little, I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very much in the kung fu vein of yes. like your little show. It's a little hypocritical, like certain ancient texts. <laughs> I apologize, everybody. The Dead Sea School. Living with heathens podcast. No, no, no. Um, Winstone character is basically it's it's basically like Aronofsky just like screaming at the top of his lungs, like stop eating everything, stop ruining the earth. Like you can't just go around biting the heads off of snakes or eating all the chicken in the world. We like. <laughs> or as we discussed yesterday, eating all of the dinosaurs. Yeah, we yeah. think they went some eight all the dinosaurs like, it's, it's <laughs> over ba- the course of nine months. <laughs> it's basically him going, come on, like, stop it. Like, yeah, it's you're true. like that guy. And it's basically, like, Noah even starts to go through that at some point. Like, as he starts to get crazier and crazier as he starts to embrace the more violent side, it's a total, like, non-violent, like, it's total anti-violence, this movie. So it's very much a very liberal retelling of the Noah story, I thought, the entire time. And you can either hate it for that or... Liberal in, in more than one sense. In more than one <laughs> sense, no, exactly. So, I mean, I, I can see why it's very split down the middle. Um, but I think it's, I, I mean, I don't think you can attack that, really, because it's his interpretation of... A story, and that's what you're supposed to do with the Bible. I thought, like, oh, I thought that was like, the, like, if this, if they show Noah in the Last Temptation of Christ at churches, I would go to church like every Sunday, <laughs> like because that's what it's supposed to be. It's not what it is sometimes. So, no, and I mean uh, their guidelines. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, good well, points, Tim. <laughs> I also think Tubal Cain's character, I, he, he got a little mediocre for me in the third act, mm-hmm. is when I kind of was like, okay, it's starting to turn into, like, Die Hard now, and yeah. there's, like, a yeah. stowaway. Yep. But stowaway I, who evades Noah for nine months. I think, yeah, uh, that <clears throat> I think he's pretty essential, though, for Ham's. I don't think you give Ham nearly enough credit. I think Maybe he's, not. he's a I, very important I, character, and I think he is the... He is more the counterpoint to Noah than his older son and Emma Watson Yes. Are. It's his son. It's him. And I, I get that. I wish the movie's language made more of that. I don't think it does a bad job, though. I, 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 I think you just wanted Logan Lerman though. to be the star of this movie. Then I should have been gung-ho for, like, <laughs> Logan Lerman's on screen. Bam, he's the best character in the movie. I think he was. I think he does a fantastic job. I don't feel as though... I don't... I personally don't feel as though Ham goes through much of anything except he kills Tool King. Kind of. God well, kills I don't know. I, I think. I mean, it's pretty. It it's pretty. I mean, he's only, the only humans he's seen his whole life basically are his immediate family, and it's clear that his desire to to branch off from his dad and what he knows is pretty apparent immediately because Tubal Cain hands him a weapon and is like, "Let's go talk to your old man." And he's like, "Okay." And he's like walking with him. Like he just immediately like he wants to to know people more, and then he wants to save that girl. I think he's got like the best heart out of everybody. He's not like the blind. He's almost the pure, like, personification of free will. Like, he wants to make his own mistakes and his own decisions, and Noah wants to blindly follow. Well, he's the perfect neutral ground between between Winstone and, and Noah. Like, per, he's, the perfect and, and, and he's a kid, which is why it's yeah. it's so good, I think, is because Aronofsky probably is... That's almost, like, him, like, putting... I, I feel like maybe that was... I'm having a hard time putting in the, in the coherent <laughs> thought, like, you know, the whole movie. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard it's hard to find a definitive uh oh yeah my bad definitive like read on it uh i guess i'll have to come back to this thought later i i, I do i just really like where he wound up because literally that that's a bold that's a huge sign of like growth i think to be like okay we're the only living people on this planet see you guys like he totally goes off to make his own life with he basically goes into, like, exile because he's never going to procreate with anything. Yeah, he he's becomes Anthony gonna... Hopkins. <laughs> basically, yeah, exactly. I think that's really cool. Like, Noah, 
Noah is not an important person because he's like a good man or a bad man because he would just see the task through. I almost think of Noah as purely he's just like kind of a dumb grunt. Like he'll be like, oh, okay. I think the the other characters are almost more interesting because they're the ones actually thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And Noah's just like the hammer with which to flood the world or save the animals, I guess, <laughs> or save the animals or be the hippie. Um, the, okay, I want to say about the. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I'm just Ray Winstone. Him. Yeah, Tubal yeah, Kane. Yeah, him. Big Daddy Kane. Mondo Kane. Yeah. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I do like the moment when he's in the tent and he's like he kind of is like begging God to speak to him. Like, yeah. I there's a jealousy there which I enjoyed. Like, I I wanted to see more of that because clearly he, he's a madman. I mean, clearly he's he's a he's a king who wants to rule over everybody and doesn't give a damn about human life and stuff. He's a nasty piece of work, but there's something in him that's clearly a like feel spurned you know what i mean by well, yeah which is interesting to me like that's that a major theme of the movie is not having not hearing from god even from right. noah's perspective right when he needs to oftentimes it doesn't right but yeah. i thought that was an interesting scene i wish they would have played more on that maybe a conversation between him and noah that kind of gave you more insight into his motivations for wanting so i mean because to me it felt like there was more of a motivation than just i want to get on the ark and avoid the flood there was more to him than that i felt like it was like he wanted to prove that he was like this worthy you know mm. this worthy man of god or something but anyway i don't know i thought that was interesting um because he was bare of the snakeskin he thought he was yes he was bare of the snakeskin um and then the other things i wanted to mention um as far as imagery that i was talking about earlier that really really will stick with me um the anything anytime noah's underwater Ugh, spooky just super spooky and freak me out um the shot of people on the rock in the ocean yeah. was the most hor- like one of the most horrifying oh, things yeah. i've ever like i was free there's no gore or blood or like it was just like the fact that they're being like they're being kept awake by people's screams is so scary to me like 9-11 imagery to me sure disaster imagery yeah, yeah. in general yeah it's really scary you know mm-hmm. and it's um I don't know. It was just really spooky, and like they're all naked and trying to climb up this rock, and the whole the whole thing was really, really very uh, end of the world, creepy, yeah. very yes. very very haunting and and beautiful at the same time. Once again, it was like this weirdly beautiful image that was it's just like a Renaissance painting, like a painting exactly. <clears throat> um, and uh, the other the other one I wanted to mention was the shot of the the animals, like the the mammals coming through for the first time. And that was one part where the music, everything kind of synced up perfectly for me because, like, can you, I mean, you could imagine being in that position standing there and seeing, like, fucking elephants and goats and and bears and everything. Like, that would be a hell of a marvel to look at, seeing all those animals. And I I totally felt like I was in his shoes in that moment. I felt like everything synced up perfectly to make me feel like I was there. So it was kind of cool, Um, especially with something that's so... Seems so insanely ludicrous as a bunch of animals, like every one, two of each animal running through the woods. Like, it seems nuts, but yeah. I, I enjoyed it for Predator that. Predator walking next to prey. Yes, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did like, I will say, I did like how they tried to, um, they tried to do things like show you how they would keep the animals asleep with this, yeah. this these herbs. That she, it was interesting. It was kind of a cool idea. You know what I mean? Uh, her using clearly what she, like, her set of skills to find a way to keep them from eating each other. Mm-hmm. That was kind of interesting. So, yeah. Enjoyed that. And rock monsters. That's fucking awesome. Uh, the, so awesome. The, the, the scene of the rock angel, the first angel landing and hitting the mud, is so, once again, horrific and beautiful at the same time. Just, like, trying to climb through that sludge and, like, you can see the wings still there. Like, even on the rock, the yeah. gole- I'll call them golems because they look like golems. You can see the wings, yeah. like, encrusted in rock. Very interesting. So, I don't know. Visually, this was, that was a, very, a stunner. A very so. sad, interesting part of the story was the, the angels, for sure. Yeah. Really sad. And and that was one of the moments that, another moment that, like I said, musically and everything, mm-hmm. I really, the the, fir- the first one that goes up, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, their redemption are awesome. And it, the battle scene is going on, and, like, you have yeah. all these, like, the, the kids are trying to make it back, and the girl just got crushed. Everything's just like, oh, my God, what's, ha-? you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It totally had me, like. That whole sequence, and then finally when Nolte or Langella, whichever is the nice, the cool one with the sad face, um, he does. He's a funny face. Um, when he kind of turns to Noah, and Noah turns was, back. That was probably yeah. the emotional like oh, peak yeah. for me of the movie, which is why I think the third act for me never quite oh, hit. Because yeah. I like the relationship between those two, even though it's not fully developed. There's enough there for me to be like, you know, I kind of dig these well, two. Sweet. I mean, the relation both are like almost. Not not cast away, but I mean, like you've got fallen angel and human, and like yeah, it's interesting. human is yeah. at a higher standing with God right now than his damn angel. Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. interesting. And the way they still 
humble themselves before him once they realize like his his worth. They're like, wow. I, I saw some people saying they think that angels are are just selfish still, and they're only doing it to try to appease God. I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. I kind of thought the vibe that they still wanted to that obedience is still built in. They still want to serve. I, I, it's interesting that Aaron Hawkins is an atheist because the movie sends a lot of like pro. It has, I mean, it has some. I guess in terms of direct messages from the movie, I feel more pro-faith ones coming from the movie, but it, it almost raises, it just kind of raises the debate. And he doesn't really take a firm, I mean, the movie clearly got, there's no question in this movie that God is real. Like, everybody knows that as soon as rock monsters mm-hmm. shoot into heaven. Well, I don't think you should make, a, to be fair, mm-hmm. I don't think you should make a Noah an adaptation of, of Noah's Ark and not just say, yeah, God's real in this story. That'd be stupid. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want to see that movie with, like, Noah in a nut house, like, ah! Like, people are like, <laughs> like, like I'm saying, I kind of like, want to like, see that is he really, is he really hearing voices? Like, like where I'm well, no, guessing, that, that, you know? that's the one I thought we were going to get. Like, okay. I thought... That's the one that I Because... Want. The, that's why I liked it so much more, though, is because it was different. Like, I, as far as what, what I always got out of the Bible and as a kid and, and just on, like, teachings when you are a kid is that Noah came off as a total madman. And everybody was, was like, what is this old-ass dude's deal? Like, he's building a giant boat because he says the world's going to end. And everybody laughed at him right. for, like, decades while he built this thing. And then he's like, all right, taking the family and the kids, getting inside. <laughs> and, like, God closes it up. And then the flood comes and everyone's like, oh, shit. and then that's like what happens and everybody thinks he's kind of crazy so I thought the movie was going to be much more like like you were kind of describing what you wanted from it was Noah I thought it was going to be Noah like trying to to prove to people in the audience never even really knowing like exactly how they should feel about it almost told from the perspective of the outsiders around Noah that you were almost going to be looking at Noah as kind of a crazy I, I feel like that's what we got I think the third act of the movie is everybody on the boat is like, sure. Noah's insane. Well, yeah, yeah, but now you're, we're not talking about the same thing, though. Yeah, because... I'm, I'm talking about what I want, is I wanted us to be in Noah's perspective and, and being sympathetic towards him rather mm. than just seeing him as the monster that everybody on the boat... You does. mean later on in the movie, when, when they, no, when they get on the ark? we're not talking about the same thing. I'm talking about, I thought the movie was, was going to be more of the other characters, like in like Ray Winstone's character and all those people kind of trying to decide if he was on the level or not. Well, he's no, building and I, and the I, and I and understand stuff. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought the movie was going to, I didn't even think, I thought the movie would end with like the flood. Yeah, I didn't think That's it was going to I was surprised going. that there's like more. I, I like it. I think it's cool, but I can see what you're saying though. Like I, I, get, I get what you're saying. There is a it's shift funny though because I there. was still sympathetic towards Noah. I didn't really, I was like, he's, he's right, I guess. Like, I never really felt like the movie was making me take the side of everybody else. I was just, I was kind of, still had Noah's back. I was kind of like, wow, he's got to deal with some shit. Yeah. <laughs> to see this through. Like, he's, it's quite a burden that's been placed on his shoulders. And I didn't think anybody else in the family was really thinking about that too much, except Jennifer Connelly. And, and even then, she was like, I've forgiven everything you've done, and, and I've totally had your back until now. Like, this is, this is... You've drawn the line. I also, yeah. Yeah, and... I actually liked I I like the post flood stuff better. I said this after, and I still think I do. Mm-hmm. Just because that's where a lot of I thought that's where a lot of the interesting, like the ethical stuff, came in with Noah. And the stuff I liked about the third act was, it, so and God is real in the story. And the third act is where Noah just totally starts playing God and decides, nope, a humanity like this is what God told me. And I thought that's what Aronofsky was trying to say is like, no, you can't like say. Like, this is what God told you to do, and then just go do it. Like, you can't play God. And, like, mm-hmm. I thought that was another mm-hmm. kind of attack on certain aspects of culture. So, um, I, that's why I really like the third act, was because, like, that's when he starts to lose it, is when he starts to, like, decide, like... And his hair. Right. <laughs> and then, I mean... <laughs> it's cool, though, because it's kind of understandable. You're like, right. what, what is Noah's psychological state at this point? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And you yeah. start to wonder at that point. Yeah, like I guess... You can't necessarily... It's, it, it, I don't know. It's really... It's not necessarily making an argument for or against, like, religious fervor, but, like, Noah does kind of get in that vein where he starts to take it a little too far instead of just right. waiting and be like, I should wait till I get the definitive message. Because before, he was having very clear visions and... and but there was nothing, like, on the boat. He was just kind of being like, well, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do it because I'm right. the man now. Right. No one's going to stop me. He pulled out that <laughs> jump to conclusions, Matt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right the fuck to a conclusion. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. He does. Well, and I don't, I don't feel as though he jumped to much of a conclusion because he was like, I will see this through, and then the rain stopped. Wait, what? 
Oh, you, okay. When he decides to kill... Kill the child. Kill the child, and he says, I, I will see this through. No, he makes the... No, no, no. He makes the choice. <clears throat> like, he comes to the conclusion of, like, mercy and, like, compassion for other human beings. That's not what I got. That, okay. No, that's fine. No, no, no. no, no, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to react like that. No, 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 no. no, 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 yeah. no you're, and you're totally fine. I find yeah. it very interesting that we apparently both got very different no, readings totally. off of that one scene. No, no, that was... Yeah, I, that's what I got from it was, like, that was him, like, giving up the fact that, like, I'm not going to just take everything. Like, I'm not God. Like, well, I'm a man. Like, I don't know what he wants. Like, I'm going to show compassion towards other human beings. And, like, that totally sucks. That's why he gets naked and drunk. <laughs> like, because it's hard to do because human beings are idiots. No, 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 no. I think we're talking but, about different points in the movie. I'm talking about when he's there on the ark still and it's raining. Yeah, he walks out. And oh, he's we like, are talking about different. What points. am I? What am I? What am I doing here? And then he's finally like, "I will see this through." In the sense of, "I will kill. I will kill off the rest of humanity." And then she, Emma Watson, walks out when the rain stops. And was like, "Clearly, the rain stopped, and God wants me to have my kids." Yeah. Well, I think, but at the end, at the okay. end, it is. Sorry. I it feel is, like that's a really clear cut sign. It is said by by Emma Watson that all in her interpretation of the events that unfolded that. God simply wanted Noah to make the choice for himself, and I think that's cool because because he clearly yeah. he clearly looks to Noah as somebody who can make good sound decisions for the best of mm-hmm. everybody involved. Well, he thinks he's a guy of strong character, exactly. So he looks to Noah, and he, and he and I think that's interesting because when he says, "Okay, I'll see this through," in his mind, he's thinking, "Okay, I'm going to kill the babies. That's what mm-hmm. you want," and the and the rain does stop. I almost saw, interpreted that after after I was done with the movie and, and Emma Watson had had her conversation. I was like, okay, maybe that's God saying, okay, well, you've made your decision. I'll back off now. That's clearly what you want to do. And then he changes, you know, changes yeah, his I, mind. I, I think I think that's very interesting in the sense of like when he changes his like mind, Noah, he then gives Noah's, him land, which Noah, is interesting. Noah, Noah's either like it, it goes one of two ways. It's all in Noah's hands, as it's been said many times in the movie, and mm-hmm. Noah has the choice to make. It's like clearly, if Noah turns away from the idea of killing his brother, his brethren, then maybe humans have learned their lesson. Or, if Noah doesn't kill them, then maybe they have learned their lesson in the sense of they can they can live on and not not it's kill each other all the time. For, for the big guy, yeah. well, it's it's almost. I mean, and it, once again, it's it's he's he's putting the entire uh, you know fate of humanity in, in this one guy's hands because he trusts him enough to make the right decision. Yeah. After all the crap he's seen, and if you notice, he. You know, he sends him visions and stuff when he's witnessing the devouring of the dog or whatever it is that gets thrown over the fence. Yeah. The really nasty, disgusting side of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he sends him a vision then, which is almost, almost to me was like, hey, see how bad they can be? You know, yeah. like, it's yeah. almost like he's pulling him in two different directions and then, saying, to happen. and then saying, yeah. go for it. You know? That's really in this movie kind of just like the ultimate, like, scientist who's just like, yeah. kind puts of. an animal in a cage and, like, pokes it one way and watches how it acts and, like, pokes it another way and then, like, feeds it that. Because uh, the somebody on David Chen, I think, wrote an article on Slash. It was awesome. It was very good, and he he brought home the point that I think was what I was thinking about the movie, but couldn't, as usual, put into words. Um, and he basically said that in in many interpretations of the Bible, basically God does the things He does in order to bring Himself the most like glory yeah. and honor, and. By giving Noah the choice, like David Chen was basically saying, free will is real. Like a lot of people that are religious and aren't religious argue about the same thing differently, where they they argue about whether or not free will is a thing or not. And David Chen was saying that free will is absolutely real, and God was pushing Noah to this point of absolute, to the furthest extreme. Because the way I think the rain, him turning off the faucet and the rain stopping, was him just like, like Noah's in this haunted house already. He's almost to the exit. He's like, I made up my mind. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to do it. And then God's like, push the ghost button and like messes with it more and like ejects another horrifying thing and I'm like oh I turned the rain off what does that mean <laughs> what are you gonna do now trolling hard yeah exactly that's how I took it I was yeah. like oh god he's just pushing him to the absolute brink because he wants to know you know with total free will will he do the right thing which brings me the most glory which is man has made in my image man is compassionate and man is is optimistic I guess and so Noah choosing to to spare them um, even if he didn't choose it because he thought it was the right choice, but just because literally he's their grandpa and yeah. like, all I felt for them was love. I'm not going to do it. Like right. pitch my knife into the ocean, which is the world and we're done. Uh, I think it's, it was a really interesting argument for, for David Chen to bring up. I was like, mm, that's a cool read. Yeah. yeah. But what there, there's some, there's some, there's a precedent for that though. And I 
don't remember who it is. Maybe Tim, you'll remember, or maybe Gojo, because Gojo went to to religious school also. Um, there was another guy that God was speaking to. Maybe it was Abraham, Abraham and Isaac who yeah, he, told, his he son. told to sacrifice his son. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "All right, I'm going to do it," and like was totally going to do it, and like was going to commit and follow through. And then like at the last second, God's like, "Whoa, psycho! <laughs> I'm just like testing you." Basically, like intervened, right? Like I don't remember how, but he. he what's the? <clears throat> All right. <laughs> All right, Gojo has joined is, the ring. This is Gojo's God Corner. Star, star <laughs> station, right. screen. Okay, so uh, yeah, Abraham's about to knife his boy, and uh, guy's like, "Oh, oh, 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 uh, no, you don't have to do that. It's just a test. You passed. Here's a goat." <laughs> and he killed the goat and said, "Kill that for me instead." Basically, that's what happened. Okay, yeah. that'll do. That, yeah. that. Be so bold as to paraphrase the word. <laughs> that was Gojo's God Corner. Brought to you by Gojo. Uh, uh, yeah, we need Monty Python music. Uh, so I think that there's precedent for that, for God basically pushing someone to their limit and seeing how they would react. Like, I wonder if Noah was going to go through it, if, if a shark would have just sideways jumped out of the ark and grabbed Noah. I was, honestly, though, I was kind of waiting for something like that to happen. The movie was already so crazy and, like, such a, like, Legend 2 version of Noah, such a fantasy movie that I was like, there's going to be a sea serpent or something when the Noah, when, right. the, when the ark's out there. Like, I expected some crazy stuff to happen at the once they were on the ark. There's going to be some see. twist that does not happen at yeah, all. Yeah, like, I story. thought all the animals were going to wake up and, like, converge on Ray Woodstone and we'd get, like, ah! <laughs> 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 I seriously thought it was going to happen. That may have been a little... I would have liked it. Too awesome. Yeah, it would have been good. It would have been good. It might have been too much. It's like every snake in the world descends on you. <laughs> like, no you mess with no nature. Ever like that in a movie before where every reptile in a man just... Oh my god, it would be like Andy Circus and King Kong? Yes. Oh, don't even. <laughs> I wanted to give you the heebie jeebies like they there, kick so. Ray Winston off and all the sharks. Every, two of every sea creature were just following the ark. <laughs> and they just eat him. Oh I, think, I think it's, a, it's an awesome movie... Uh, Purely even just because, not only on how well it's made and executed, but the, the discussion that it raises, I think, is great. And it doesn't it doesn't shove its fist on your throat in either one direction no. or the other, mm-hmm. which is I think is really cool. And it's fascinating that it comes from a guy who who's an atheist now. Well, I think that's the best person to direct it. I was going to say, that's why it, that's, that's that's why that's why it works. It, uh, it is. Well, because that's, I, why, that's why there's a large Christian following that does not like this movie and that's And that's fine. And I think that's so, totally yeah, okay. Yeah. Which is it, it's interesting because it's kind of a, a pro-faith message. I, I was going to say. and I, We see it that way. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. I do want to... I want to... Because I'm not sure... It's the loud sect of the Christian. And I yeah. think a lot of it has to do with the politics the of the minority. movie. I think a lot of it has to do with the politics of the movie, too. Well, yeah, the conservatives clearly uh, well, I don't want with the <laughs> Not so much conservatives or... There's a reason why even. my dad was like, oh, I heard that movie did horrible this weekend <laughs> and isn't going to do very well and is probably going to be a bomb. <laughs> but it's killing it. But it's the highest <laughs> and, and and it's... He, he, he's like, I heard it got like 60% of audiences. I was like, no, it's got a 70-something on Rotten Tomatoes. But I, I've met a lot of I've met a lot of conservative Christians too in my life that are very. Trying to get this away from bombing Alex's dad on the podcast, but uh, (laughs) are very accepting and very smart. But there is a very loud group that's probably on the IMDb message boards that is 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 very very into a fervor, and I'm sure don't like a lot of what this movie has to say because they like their version. There's a very close minded group of people in the world yeah so yeah the the message boards absolutely do have some of those people but the the more hilarious and like frankly almost scarier aspect was the people that were like there's never been rock monsters on earth (laughs) (laughs) this movie is wrong like how could they be so wrong and like i mean there are people that truly genuinely believe that like that's not what happened and it's really funny it's so funny i've never heard of that what? It's it's awesome. It's so this movie uh, really blew the ice pack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's people that like. Uh, I don't know. You just got to see it for yourself. It's one of those things you just have to experience on your own. Just reading the message boards and reading some of the shit that people are saying. It's absolutely hilarious. That's all the bears converging on one boat because totally did happen. But the rock monsters could not have existed ever in a million years. Could right, right. That, that just, be, just because it's something we've never seen before. But that, even that, not not the rock forms, but that particular group of angels are in uh, the Book of Enoch. Yeah. And, like, yeah. There's, there's, there's. That's rooted. Like a lot of people that are that like like theologians, like who have degrees in theology, love it. 
because they're like everything in the movie is based on stuff in the Bible. They're like it's just kind of his, his uh, working his, it in um, amalgam that he, that he, of yeah that he whipped up. They they dig it because they think it, it's not like condemning the idea of it. Yeah. He could have easily made. Like, I guess that's why I liked it so much, is because I was expecting the kind of cynical, Aronofsky, typical affair with, like, the internal psychological struggle, and I almost expected the movie to take, like, a kind of a God-probably-isn't-real stance. Even though the animal's showing up, you can't, you can never really explain. But I'm, I'm like, like, he goes out and catches all of them. Right, yeah. <laughs> they make a trainer. The realistic version of... Holding two of them up. No, both boys did. Get the montage song from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, yeah. Or, or uh, For 40 years, to America. coaching. <laughs> Man, what... Oh, what... And, like, Aronofsky's, like... He's, like, one of those guys... One of those atheists... Militant atheists in, like, a fedora on the internet. <laughs> With a neck beard. Amish neck beard. Uh, oh boy! All right. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we've done it. Final thoughts? I think, yeah, I mean, I think it was a great time at the movie. I no, I it, I think I think it's a very interesting movie. I definitely. I didn't, I didn't think the biblical epic was a viable uh, option for a movie these days, but a lot of critics are like welcoming it back because we haven't had a biblical epic in, epic in a long time. But then there's the Moses, the Ridley Scott Moses one is coming out this year in like December. Oh no, God's having a huge year. Well, that's <laughs> right? God, yeah, Son of God, Heaven is Real. Just because you haven't Jin. seen Son of God doesn't mean it doesn't exist. God's having a huge year. <laughs> it, is a, it is a big year for God. It's a big G as you said, yeah. Yeah, big G. Big G's having a big year. <laughs> Oh, God's having a big year at the box office. <laughs> uh, He's up there like, yeah, yeah. buffo box but office. Can he beat Will Smith? I just yeah. have a horrible idea that I will tell you guys after the podcast. All right, <laughs> we welcome horrible ideas. All right, <laughs> um, you should probably just air it. <laughs> no, no, not this one. Uh, hey. Yeah. So feedback midwestfilmnerds.com. Let us know how hot we are going to die in hell, and um, we'll die in hell. Well, you know, you, you already did. did. I will. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen Hellraiser? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh, it's taken straight from the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> all right, uh, all that good stuff. Bingo night. Go check it out at the Wisconsin Film Festival. Uh, it is uh, Saturday, April fifth, um, at six thirty p.m. Uh, go to www.wifilmfest.org uh, for more information about the festival itself. Uh, thank you to Jordan and Ryan, Jordan Leibowitz and Ryan Hurley for talking with us. And, uh, and Mr. John, my brother, thank you for our artwork and uh, music. And um, Alex, why go watch a movie? <laughs>